Welcome to another spectacular word from Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor of Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Southeast Texas. We're so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the word. Let's open up our words today. We're going to be going today to uh, eventually to Matthew, the 24th chapter, where we left off last week. If you were here last week, then you know my punchline from last week. Uh, it dealt with a new world order. God is bringing about a new world order. And today's message kind of dovetails into that. And today's message is entitled, The Last Days. The last days. Everybody wants to know about the last days. Well, we're going to find out about the last days. And part three of this message next Sunday morning, listen, there are two things you do not want to miss. One of them is the rapture, and a second one you don't want to miss is next Sunday morning. Should the rapture happen and you're still here, make sure you're here. You will really want to hear it, okay? And so... Uh, while you are finding uh, Matthew chapter 24, let me uh, put a verse up here out of 2 Timothy chapter 3, and I would encourage you to read the whole chapter. But the first verse, the Apostle Paul, perhaps the last uh, uh, few words that we have of his writings, said this to Timothy, But know this, Timothy, my young son in the faith, that in the last days perilous times will come. Perilous times will come. Well, last Sunday, we took a brief look at this new world order that God is bringing to the world. What are you talking about? God bringing the new world order? Yes. Well, I know President Biden said something recently about it, and, and you know people have been talking about it, and all kinds of conspiracy theories everywhere. But let me tell you about the real new world order. The real new world order that God talks about that you can count on is a new world order that He will bring about on planet Earth with a new heaven and a new earth wherein dwells righteousness, and Jesus will be the light thereof, and there will be no sickness and no pain, no worry, no fear, no desperation, no hurt. No. Isn't that great? I'm looking for the new world order by the way, and I'm believing in the one that God says is going to be here. I know the world news may tell us a few things, but last week we concluded uh, what Jesus had said, and we concluded uh, uh, how can we help Jesus make this new world happen, and we realized that, that we might need to pay more attention to the good news and not allow our eyes to be fixed on the world news. You know, the world will not determine when Jesus comes back. The world is not going to get to choose. And without respect to what may happen in the world in any generation, yet God is the author and the finisher of this thing that he started on planet earth. And our relationship and when this age is over is all up to God. It's not going to be up to a president or a prime minister. It's not going to be up to some dictator or some, you know, some despot. It's up to almighty God. At the same time, that we need to make sure that our eyes are fixed on the good news because we have a part to play in bringing about this new world order. We have a part to play in, 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 in the last days. And while we should be more focused on the good news than the world news, yet we cannot stick our head in the sand and ignore what's going on around us. There must be balance in our lives. It is very important to realize that the troubles of this world are important to God and they are important to the church. 
And God has told us that we need to be connected to what He wants to do in light of what is going on in the world around us. He wants us to be aware and He wants us to be involved in His plan, not necessarily in the world's chaos, but rather in God's plan for the chaos of the world. I don't know any generation that has escaped perilous times. And I firmly believe that we are living in the last days. However, I think I would have felt this very same way had I been living in any generation. I look back into history and imagine, you know, myself living in the days of Adolf Hitler and his genocidal campaign against the Jews. I cannot imagine a better time for me to have uh, thought and considered that Jesus would be coming at any moment. Or what if I had been living, I imagine, uh, you know, in the days of Nero, whenever the majority of the disciples were being martyred and, you know, and Peter, you know, you know, was crucified upside down, we're told, and Paul had his head cut off. You know, I mean, these were the days of the persecution of the church, and I would certainly have imagined it was the day that Jesus was going to come, and I would have probably been preaching a sermon about it. Or how about those years when Vespasian was the emperor? Y'all remember there was a period of about seven years that looked like the Great Tribulation. It was a time whenever Israel was completely destroyed and, and the temple was destroyed and the stones, you know, taken off one another and burned up. It was also a time when there were earthquakes in places there had never been earthquakes. Colossae was one of the places where the earthquake just completely destroyed the city of Colossae. You know, I mean, uh, all of the abominations that were committed against the children of God and the persecution of the church was such that if I had been living in that day, no doubt I would have been preaching. It was the last days. I can see in every generation calamities and tragedies of all sorts on the earth. You know, it's been going on since before the flood of Noah. The world has been signaling that we are in the last days. Jesus proclaimed it. The Apostle Paul plainly said it. We are in the last days. Destruction and loss are noted throughout history. And yet the world continues. And the earth remains. Generation after generation after generation, the earth remains. New leaders replace old leaders, civilizations evolve, and people adapt. That's the way it has been. There once, once upon a time, there was a city. The city's name was Mariupol in the nation of Ukraine. I have a photo of that city. The city was teeming with life and people enjoying the same things that you and I are enjoying today. They went to work. 
They sent their children to school. They shopped at grocery stores and malls. Families went to church. They took walks. They had fun vacations to the beach. They played with family pets. Life was good, predictable and good, satisfying and full. The citizens of the city had every reason to feel safe and secure. Nice and caring policemen patrolled the streets and firemen stood guard to protect their homes and businesses. The courts were just, the store shelves were full, the malls were open. They could attend theaters, ballets, operas. They could go to the movies. They could watch TV. They could listen to music. They could go onto the internet. They could chat with neighbors. They were busy building a future for themselves and their children, hopefully for generations to come. This is what they imagined. Mariupol was the 10th largest city in the nation of Ukraine with 430,000 citizens. They were becoming more westernized than previous generations. The nation had recently elected a former comedian to be the president of the country. <laughs> oh, He had hopes of leading the Ukraine people in a bold new direction, hoping to bring opportunities for freedom and increased wealth and greater security for his people. Then, all of a sudden, quite unexpectedly, for the citizens of Mariupol, tragedy struck. Once upon a time, there was a city named Mariupol. 38 days ago, on February the 24th, 2022, the city fell under siege and attacked by land, by sea, by air. Missiles continue to bombard the city today, and thousands have been killed indiscriminately. Both soldiers and citizens alike, bombs have no boundaries, and crumbling buildings do not care if they fall on soldiers or the sick or the elderly or pregnant women or students or infants. No one is spared in this kind of war. According to one estimate, 80 to 90 percent of the buildings in the city have been destroyed. Apartment buildings, hospitals, theaters, government office buildings, restaurants, stores. Life has either ended or changed for everyone. No food, no water, no electricity, no internet, no home, no work, no school, nowhere to hide, and no one to call for help. 140,000 citizens, it is estimated, have left the city, some putting themselves even in greater risk of being caught in the open during missile, tank, and rocket attacks from the air because there is no corridor of safety provided. Others sit in shock, unable to comprehend the new world that has suddenly been forced upon them. The mayor of the city reports that there are still 170,000 citizens of Mariupol who are trapped in the city with nowhere to go, no way to get out, and little means to survive much longer. The International Committee of the Red Cross attempted to send aid and uh, assist 
the devastated citizens and evacuate them, help evacuate them from this war zone on Friday and Saturday, just yesterday and the day before, but to no avail. You see the convoy, 45 buses with, with, with uh, 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 you know, uh, uh, humanitarian aid were, were not allowed to pass. The, the, the roads were blocked and there was no safety. And because of safety and security concerns and the conditions there, uh, the convoy uh, turned around. Even though it was filled with much needed supplies, it was kept from delivering essential food, medicine, and care packages to those trapped. It's reported that on Wednesday of this week, an aid warehouse in the international, uh, uh, that, that belongs to the International Committee of the Red Cross in Ukraine was bombed. The warehouse, even though it had a Red Cross clearly painted on the top of it. As I said earlier, there once was a city named Mariupol. Once. But only in a few days, just a very few days, just a few days ago, and continuing, life as the citizens of that city knew it is over it's gone it's vanished and if anyone were to ask me today are we living in the last days I can point to Hitler I can point to Vespasian I can point to Nero and I can point to things happening in our day that would make me boldly say, yes, we are. But knowing that we are living in the last days, even if it is a shock to you, does not change the fact that we have been given a job to do. I would hope that I am living in the last of the last days. Because... I have read the Word of God, and the Word of God tells me, continuing in, in 1 Timothy, the third chapter, that things will wax worse and worse as long as the world continues. That evil men and seducers and deceivers will only make things worse in this current world system. We need a new world order. One that is orchestrated by God. And we were told last week on Sunday morning how important it is that we do our job so we can accomplish the goal God has given us so that the end might actually come. Today we're going to pick up where we left off. But I want you to know that there has never been a generation on planet earth better equipped to fulfill the great commission that Jesus left us with than are we. We are well equipped. We are strong. The church is powerful. The church is productive. The church is reaching farther and faster. The church is more powerful and, as I said, more productive than ever before in the history of mankind. We, the generation today on planet Earth, are well equipped for what we have been called to do. But will we do it? Or will we allow the next generation to see even more horrible tragic scenes than we could imagine today what will we do well 
this gospel of the kingdom we read last week will be preached into all the world as a witness to all nations and then the end shall come and we are well equipped to preach this gospel of the kingdom the good news not the world news we don't hide our heads in the sand but the world news should motivate us to proclaim the good news so that the end can come today as i said we're going to pick up where we left off last week in the 24th chapter of the gospel of matthew this account is the account of jesus sitting on the mount of olives you may remember we set it up last week to, to, to it, it, it was the last uh, few days in fact in two more days jesus will be crucified and he has walked out of the city and he's walked up on the mount of olives uh, i believe it's perhaps you know a tuesday evening i think it may be april the 4th you know, uh, tomorrow would be the anniversary. In the year AD 30, I could be wrong, but you know, unless you have a better date, why not imagine mine? Because, you know, a Tuesday fell on that day in AD 30. So I believe it was in the evening as Jesus was going back to Bethany, as Jesus was headed back to the place where he would stay the night while he was in Jerusalem, the city in which Mary and Martha lived. And he stopped on the side of the Mount of Olives and overlooking the Temple Mount, he begins to, to entertain the question of the disciples because they ask him, when shall you set up your kingdom? When shall the end be? You know, and Jesus begins to tell them about the last days, saying that we are in the last days. You know, Yes, we are right now. And, uh, and, 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 you know, these things, bad things are happening, wars and threats of war, but the end is not yet. Just because you see these things, that's not the end. He goes on to let them know that there is a purpose and a plan that God has and has reserved unto himself. That year that Jesus was crucified, people had no idea what was about to happen. You know, uh, we have no idea what's about to happen here. We have no idea this morning what is about to happen as we are here in church or in the next few days. But we have received our marching orders from heaven that regardless as to what happens, we know that our goal is to proclaim the good news to everyone around us who will listen. Whether we have the internet or whether we have, you know, uh, nothing but our own voice to proclaim. Jesus. Jesus was born of a virgin. He lived a sinless life. He died an atoning death. And he is coming again. You want to know about the gospel? It's hanging right over there on the wall. That's the gospel proclamation that we have taken from our church to more than 200 nations in the last 33 years. We've posted it. We've prayed over those nations. And we've made a gospel proclamation. It's that same gospel. Let's continue with the comments that Jesus made about the end of the age and what we imagine as the last days. Matthew 24. Again, we'll pick up from where we left off. Verse 27. Jesus is talking here about the end of the age and the last days. He, he says, For as lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. 
Wow. You know, some people, by the way, believe this is the, the, the second coming of Christ. Okay? Uh, I personally believe it's the third coming of Christ he's talking about. What do you mean second and third coming? Did I just, you know, throw you a curve? Well, let me, let me tell you in, in my words, okay? These don't have to be your words. And, and when I tell you the, the, the Bible, I'll tell you it's the Bible. When I tell you it's me, I'll, I'll, I'll let you know it's me, okay? Because some things the Bible does not fully explain. But I believe in, in my simple understanding, the first coming was Christ. He came first as a baby in a manger in Bethlehem, okay? Uh, and, 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 and born to Mary, okay? The second coming, I believe he's just going to get close. I I believe he's going to just sweep through the air, kind of, and he's going to have a big smile on his face because he's a bridegroom and his bride is being called away. I don't know if everybody will hear his voice or not. I don't know. know. I know everybody's not going to go. At least that's what I am believing. I believe in the rapture of the church. I'm hoping in the rapture of the church. I am am hoping I'm not here in the great tribulation. Okay? Some people think I will be, and if I am, then I'm, I'm, I'm going to do my best to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. But I'm kind of in that camp that's thinking that if he gets close, I'm going. With a big smile on his face. Okay? You know, I'm hoping it's pre-trib. It might be mid-trib. I don't care when it is. I'm actually kind of a pan-tribulist, tribulationist, you know. When it happens, it'll all pan out. I just don't know. <laughs> Uh, you know, I wish I knew, but I don't. But I do know this. I'm not sure exactly when he's coming, but when he comes, I'm going. Okay? That's my faith. That's my belief. I wish I knew more. There are some things that I know, but, but the more I know, the less I know. The more I know, the more I know, I know less than I know. And things that I know become very, 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 uh, you know, uh, precious. And so, uh, uh, First coming as a baby in a manger. Second coming, I believe he's coming in the air to catch his bride away. The third coming is when he sets his feet down on the Mount of Olives and it breaks on the other half and he's coming in on a white horse with, with you know, a, a fire coming out of his you know, uh, uh, eyes and a sword and, and King of Kings and Lord of Lords written on his thighs and, and I, there's going to be you know, a whole army with him and, and all the saints and he's going to come to recompense vengeance upon the devil and all of the evil rulers of this world system that refuse to follow him. Now, I'm thinking that that's the one he's referring to, but I'm not sure. But I do know this. When it happens, it's going to happen like that. All right. He continues, verse 36. But of that day and hour no one knows. Not even the angels of heaven know. The only one that knows is my Father. I thought that was very interesting. Only the Father. There are some things the Father has reserved to himself. Now, fathers, take a note. There's some things you need to reserve to yourself. There are some things that while we are fathers, we reserve unto ourselves. That's all right. Maybe, maybe it's the car keys. <laughs> of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, but my Father only. Verse 37, but as the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. Verse 42, watch therefore... For you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. I know a lot of people make a lot about that hour, and I could probably preach for an hour on that hour, but that hour is not our main goal at the moment. Okay? Verse 45. Who then, Jesus is talking to his disciples, who then is that faithful and wise servant? Because you don't know when he's coming. Because the angels don't even know when he's coming. And when he comes, he'll come rather quickly, suddenly. 
it'll be a surprise. So then, who's going to be that faithful and wise servant whom his master made ruler over his household to give them food in due season? Blessed is that servant whom his master, when he comes, talking about, you know, Jesus coming back. When he comes, blessed is that servant who Jesus will find doing what he left him to do. It's due season. I know D-U-E, season, but do-O season. It's due season. We are living in due season. We're living in the season. We need to be doing something. Due season. That's due. Okay, never mind. Here, here are some things that we can conclude about the last days. Okay? Are you ready? Number one, in the last days, there will be perilous times. Now, perilous means this. Now, uh, uh, if, you, if you looked at it in the Greek, it means uh, uh, hard to take anymore. This is hard to take. I mean, I'm about at my end. Well, no, no, that, that's what Jesus talked about. You know, uh, even the very elect. I mean, we got, we got to wrap this thing up because it could get so hard that even the very elect could be having a hard time making it. So if you think you're being pressed and troubled, uh, realize God will not allow more to come upon you than what you also have the strength and the wisdom and the security and the help to not only survive, but thrive in, move forward in. Hard to take anymore. Troublesome, dangerous, harsh, fierce, savage. Paul said, in 2 Timothy 3, you could continue to read 2 Timothy 3. He talks specifically about the last days. I won't put it on screen, but he said, Men shall be lovers, verse 2, men shall be lovers of themselves. Wow. Lovers of money. They'll be boasters, proud. They'll be blasphemers. They'll be disobedient to parents. Are we living in the last days or what? People will be unthankful. Now, that's rude. They'll be unholy, unloving, unforgiving. A lot of unpeople in the last days. Slanderers without self control. <laughs> They'll be brutal. Second Timothy 3 3 says, People in the last days will be brutal. I have, listen, we are in the last days. Perilous times shall come. It's hard to take anymore. It's difficult. They'll be traitors. They'll be haughty. They'll be lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. People will find themselves going to the beach instead of church. Can you believe that? Oh, boy. Every preacher in the world has wanted to say that. Yeah, I said it. Yeah, I, yeah. Oh my goodness, how did I get right here? <laughs> Number one, perilous times shall come. Number two, in the last days, some people won't even notice that we're in perilous times. Isn't that interesting? Jesus said it'll be like the days of Noah. If we had continued to read, we would have found out what he was talking about. 
oh, people will be going about their business. They'll be marrying and giving in marriage, and they'll be doing business. They'll be running here, doing this and that and the other thing, and they won't even notice and won't even care that savage and cruel and grievous and troublesome uh, things are going on all around them and that they won't even notice. It'll be like in the days of Noah. They had no idea that Noah was standing up. He only had one message, get right with God, get right with God, get right with God. He was preaching righteousness. And they would say, what do you mean get right with God? Man, this is the best we ever had it. We got more money than we ever had. We got more stuff than we ever had. Things are going great, man. We got business going on here. We got this going on. And they never even noticed until it started raining. About that time, don't you know, everybody started a boat building business? Yeah. People would be going about their lives, business as usual. Oh, we're in the last days. One of the marks of the last days, number three, is that it might get worse before it gets better. Why? Because of 2 Timothy, again, 3, verses 8 through 13. You know, evil men, the Bible says, are going to get more and more evil. People that are deceiving, people that love their pleasure and love their money more than they love God, they're going to get worse, not better. The Bible indicates that this world is waxing worse and worse. So let me tell you that, that things are bad right now. I'm hoping we're in the last days. I'm hoping we're at the end. I'm hoping that we're the generation that preaches the gospel unto all the world and as, a, as a witness to all nations. I'm hoping that that happens. And any moment now, I'm hoping that it's, it's checked off and God says, now, boom, go. Come on, Lord Jesus. I don't have to wait till Rosh Hashanah. I think that's when he's coming, but I don't have to wait till, till October, September, October. Come on, Lord Jesus. Wars and threats of war, earthquake and pestilence, people resisting the truth, people corrupting the minds of other individuals. The Bible says in the last days people will be teaching counterfeit faith. That's in 2 Timothy 3. You can read it. That's what it means, counterfeit faith. What's that? That's faith that doesn't work. That's a dollar that don't spend. And they will deceive people, and deceived people will deceive people. But as Matthew 24, 46 says, blessed are those who Jesus finds doing what he left them to do when he comes back. As I said, it's due season. We are in due season. Number four, one of the signs of the return of Jesus is that there is no warning. Hmm, interesting, isn't it? One of the signs of Jesus coming back is there's no sign. Suddenly, boom, suddenly the end will come like lightning. Jesus said like lightning, as sudden as lightning flashes, just at the right time. It will not be one second early and it will not be one second late, right on time. Do you know that God already has it on his calendar? He knows. He has it on his calendar. He has not only the day and the hour, he has the, 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 the minute and he has the second when it's going to happen. God knows when, boom, that's going to happen. He already has it on his calendar and we are marching toward that. And one thing is for certain, we are closer today than we ever have been. 
And without respect to how old you are or how long you're going to live, you are closer today to meeting Jesus face to face than you ever have been before in your life. The last thing that, that uh, is a sign of, of, of the last days is Jesus will appear. <laughs> okay, that's about it. That's about as good as we get. Are, are we in the last days? Yes. When is Jesus coming? You'll know it when you see him. And you won't know it before. But we do know what we have been left to do right up to that point. We know that. You know, we're, we're called to put a smile on our face, joy in our heart, and realize that we are just stepping into the next crowd that God wants us to tell about our faith in Him. In some way, share Christ with the next group of people that God gives you without respect to where it is. It may be at work, it may be at school, it may be at, you know, on the playground, it, 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 you know, it, 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 it may be in jail, wherever it is. I mean, it happened to Paul, it happened to Peter, you know. Maybe exiled to an island somewhere. Happened to John. You know, it may be when you're being questioned by people that don't like you and that are not like you. Happened to Stephen. Make it about Jesus. Realize that when the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the holy angels with Him, Matthew 24, verse 31 says, then He will sit on the throne of His glory. He's going to come. He's coming I believe soon. I believe Jesus is coming soon. Amen. Not just relatively soon. I believe Jesus is coming soon. But that's what God wants me to imagine. He wants us and always has wanted His children to consider the imminent return of Jesus so that we might be busy with the Great Commission, hoping that none of our family, our friends, our neighbors would be left behind should Jesus appear in His glory. This is what we are left to do. As I said earlier, there are two things that you don't want to miss. One of them is the rapture. A second one, should the Lord tarry, is next Sunday morning. Because we're going to put a cap on this bottle of this new world order and the last days. We're going to actually, you will have something in your hands that you will be able to undeniably take with you to know what you should do between now and the time he returns. We are living in perilous times. Let that motivate us. Amen. If you're not sure that you're born again, if you have never made Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life, then today you can. You can ask Jesus to come into your life. Just simply, simply offer your life to Him. 
most likely if you're like you know the rest of us you made a mess of it already why not give the mess to him give it to him if there's anything you can do with this here's my life you can do that right now wherever you are here on campus or watching from home or you know in Israel in Thailand in Russia in Kenya in, in Zimbabwe wherever you may be God can touch you right where you are right here in Southeast Texas right now just give your life to him offer it to him simply say Jesus come into my heart into my life be my Lord be my Savior teach me help me to know how to please you I receive you as my Lord and Savior if you pray that prayer Jesus will be your Savior today hey thanks again for joining us for another powerful message from Pastor Ron Hemmons visit cotr.com and subscribe to our social media platforms to stay up to date as well Receive more encouraging messages from our pastor and details of the work we're doing both in our community and communities like ours around the world. Today and every day, God bless.